Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tramel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol, as Governor Ron DeSantis and his elections chief reject calls to do a forensic audit of the 2020 elections. There is, there's a pre- and post-election audit that happens automatically. You know, so that, is, that has happened. Uh, it, it passed uh, with flying colors in terms of how that's going. Looking ahead to the governor's re-election campaign, observers note DeSantis is playing copycat with his frenemy. Senator Rick Scott. Ron DeSantis doesn't have to like Rick Scott, but he seems to be taking a page out of his playbook, and that is ignore your opponents, run against the person in the White House. And Attorney General Ashley Moody is out with a warning about counterfeit pills hitting the black market. We're also seeing dramatic spikes in the number of overdose deaths attributed specifically to fentanyl. Today's Sunrise interview is with Noah Pransky, political editor with LX.com, who joins us to point out that just like former Governor Rick Scott, Governor Ron DeSantis would rather focus on fighting with President Biden than his Democratic challengers gunning for his job. We've got all that, including other top stories trending around the state and capital. Plus, we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, October 14th. Today is Be Bold and Be Free Day. But while you're doing that, thank a nurse on this Emergency Nurses Day. On this day in 1912, Theodore Roosevelt was shot in the chest while in Milwaukee campaigning for the presidency. Despite the wound, he went ahead with a scheduled speech. In 1964, Martin Luther King Jr. was named winner of the Nobel Peace Prize. And on this day in 2007, Keeping Up with the Kardashians premiered on television. And I don't want to hear anything about that fun fact. A growing number of Republicans are pushing for a recount of the election that former President Donald Trump won relatively easily in Florida, despite his national loss. Republican State Representative Anthony Sabatini has filed legislation, House Bill 99, that would require DeSantis to appoint an independent third party to conduct a forensic audit of the 2020 general election. Republican Senator Ed Hooper said he's met with a lot of constituents who are, quote, certain that our election process needs a forensic audit and that elections were in turmoil. But on Wednesday, Secretary of State Laura Lee only reiterated what Governor DeSantis said on Tuesday. What we do in Florida is um, there is there's a pre and post election audit that happens automatically. You know, so that is that has happened. Uh, it, it passed uh, with flying colors in terms of how that's going. DeSantis is going against the grain when it comes to former President Donald Trump, who continues to claim there was fraud beyond what anyone else can believe through the 2020 elections nationally. But DeSantis says in Florida, things were squeaky clean. Part of the reason we had a successful election is because we were uh, uh, 
very much uh, tuned into this from the very beginning of my administration and make sure we didn't have repeats of what we've seen throughout this state, of course, in 2000, but even as recently as 2018, where you had all these late votes coming in and it was a total disaster. So I think we did a good job. But then there is the contradiction. Despite such a great job, the Republican-controlled legislature pushed for reforms, alleging fraud. Then just last month, it was revealed through text messages between Senator Joe Gruders, also the Republican Party chairman, showed the motive behind the changes in Senate Bill 90 weren't about election integrity. Yet, DeSantis stands by the changes made in the law. We did a great election package. And I think some of the things that we did in there to make sure that there's a voter ID for not only in person, but also when you're doing absentee voting, uh, also making sure there's no ballot harvesting. Senate Bill 90 is being challenged in court by the Florida State Conference of the NAACP, Disability Rights Florida, the League of Women Voters of Florida, Unidos U.S., and a number of other organizations that allege changes approved by the legislature could curtail voting by black Latinos and disabled residents. Let's look ahead to the governor's plans for the future. He's called talks of a 2024 presidential bid nonsense, yet he continues to wade in on national issues as he chases re-election. This playbook looks eerily familiar to some, and we have Noah Pransky, political editor at LX.com, here to explain what's going on. Noah Pransky, welcome to Sunrise. How are things? Things are good in New York. It's a beautiful time of year. All right. So that's good. Um, so you are keeping abreast with Florida politics. And I see that you did some analysis looking at the former governor and current governor. So Rick Scott, who's now senator and Governor Ron DeSantis, who is probably running for, I don't know, whether president or reelection. So what have you found? Well, it's if Governor Ron DeSantis wants to win reelection next year, He's certainly not giving a lot of signs based on how he is campaigning. Most of uh, most of what he's doing these days is campaigning against Joe Biden, even though Biden certainly won't be on the 2022 ballot. But it is a strategy that if we look back, you know, rewind the clock a decade, we saw Rick Scott successfully employ in 2010 when he basically ran against Alex Sink by only saying the name Obama. And then he did it again in 2014 and won re-election against Charlie Crist, barely paying attention to his opponent, focusing again on the Obama administration. So this is a tried and true strategy that DeSantis is using that assuming he goes ahead and runs in 2022 again, which he has said he is going to do, um, you know, campaigning against the party in the White House never seems to be a terrible strategy. It's almost like I would be insulted that you're not even paying attention to me. You're looking at the bigger fish in Washington, D.C., as you mentioned, and work for Scott. And will it be the same for DeSantis? I had a good conversation with Melissa Sellers Stone, who ran uh, the Scott reelection campaign in 2014. That election, of course, was against former Governor Christ. Uh, DeSantis, depending who comes out of the Democratic primary, could again be going up against Christ. And what she said is one of the hardest things to go against a guy like Christ is that he, coming from the Republican Party, switching to independent, and then subsequently as now a Democrat, one of the hardest things is pinning him down on an issue because he's had many different issues over the years. So it's just easier to campaign against the guy in the White House. And I also spoke to, you know, the omnipresent Dr. McManus, a longtime USF professor and political analyst, and she says that 
year after year, the public shows its disapproval with the federal government. So if you happen to be a governor who's able to run against the guy or woman in the White House, regardless of party, if it's the opposite party, you stand a pretty good chance to resonate with the people who just think it's always time to throw the bums out of the White House and Congress. So how do we pinpoint what Governor DeSantis plans to do? And double barrel question, like what should his opponents do in this instance? What did you find? Well, I think Governor DeSantis is steamrolling toward $100 million, $150 million in re-election money that he's likely to use for a re-election campaign next year. He may ignore his opponents for the majority of this time and focus solely on the White House, but it seems that his platform is going to be whatever Joe Biden doesn't do. If Joe Biden advocates for masks and vaccine mandates, DeSantis will oppose it. If Joe Biden supports CRT, DeSantis will oppose it. And that even goes for things like Indigenous Peoples Day, where we saw he celebrated Columbus Day uh, very prominently this past Monday. Um, However, his opponents have a different kind of hand that they have to play. When the governor isn't going to give them attention, they have to find other ways. And fortunately for Charlie Crist, he's a sitting congressman and he knows how to get into headlines. Fortunately for Nikki Freed, she is the agricultural commissioner and has a platform of her own statewide. But if anyone else is thinking about getting in this race, it's going to be really hard to get any oxygen in a very crowded room already. Why don't they get along? What really happened with that relationship between former Governor Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott, and Governor DeSantis? You know, it's funny, it's hard to say, um, but but a lot of people have different personalities in politics, even if you do subscribe to many of the same priorities. And DeSantis and Scott just never seem to have been all that warm. They have not shared a ton of political operatives behind the scenes, uh, but they do seem to be sharing this strategy of just opposing whatever is in the White House. And look, Ron DeSantis doesn't have to like Rick Scott, but he seems to be taking a page out of his playbook, and that is ignore your opponents, run against the person in the White House. So we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. Noah Pransky, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. Where can we find your article? Hey, you can check out the entire article at LX.com. LX.com is a national network aimed at Gen Z and millennials telling long-form, nonpartisan stories. Here's your calendar of events. The House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee will hold a discussion about the legislative priorities of the Florida Sheriff's Association and the Florida Police Chiefs Association at 9. The Senate Appropriations Committee will receive a presentation about the state's long-range financial outlook at 11. The House Environment, Agriculture, and Flooding Subcommittee will get a presentation from the Department of Environmental Protection about implementation of a 2020 law known as the Clean Waterways Act. That's also at 11. The Joint Legislative Auditing Committee will consider a request for an audit of the use of tourist development tax revenue in Escambia County. That's at two. Beyond the Capitol, the South Florida Water Management District Governing Board will meet in Okeechobee County. The Florida Office of Insurance Regulation will hold a hearing on a proposal by the National Council on Compensation Insurance to reduce workers' compensation insurance rates by an average of 4.9% in 2022. The organization known as NCCI files rate proposals for the workers' compensation industry. The Florida Supreme Court is scheduled to release its regular weekly opinions at 11, and later on, Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez is slated to speak during a Latinos for USA event in Palm Beach County. 
The Florida Commission on Ethics will ask the legislature for spending flexibility to deal with a backlog in cases that is expected to worsen. In a budget workshop Tuesday, commissioners agreed to ask lawmakers to continue its current funding level, which amounts to $2.7 billion. However, Commissioner Don Gates raised concerns that the team is understaffed, making it difficult to eat into existing accumulation of ethics cases. More on that story on Florida Politics. Florida Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed is promoting her department's new clean water initiative. She says her goal is to strengthen policy to better protect the state's natural resources. For the first time ever, we will be working with producers on collective action plans and refer cases of non-compliance to the Florida Department of Environmental Protection for enforcement. And for the first time ever, the department is inspecting collecting and aggregating detailed records of the nutrients being applied by agriculture producers on the production landscape. Freed says the goal in conjunction with other agencies and entities is to develop and implement agricultural best management practices addressing both water quality and water conservation. Attorney General Ashley Moody released a video Wednesday warning Floridians about counterfeit pills. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration recently seized more than 1.8 million of these pills that contained fentanyl. Fentanyl is a deadly synthetic opioid 50 times more potent than heroin. Just two milligrams of fentanyl is enough to kill a full-grown adult. For more information about opioid addiction and resources, visit doseofrealityfl.com. Moody will also be in Tampa today to announce the launch of a nationwide law enforcement recruiting effort that's at one at the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.